So it's Chris, right? Yep. So, and your channel is MindForge. I've checked it out a little bit. So just for the people who are uh, kind of listening in, because we're recording this, but this is basically just like the first time that you and I are talking, Chris. So, you know, just letting people know what's going on. So anyways, uh, I caught your live stream and you were doing this microscope thing, which was pretty awesome. It's like a live stream microscope of, like algae and stuff like that and little <laughs> tiny living creatures like if they were like human size they would be like monsters you know what i mean it's just like you'd be utter you'd be terrified of these things so anyways so that's one thing you do but also you have a bunch of other videos which are they seem very technically focused and also financially focused so I'm interested to know more about what's going on. What is that all about? Also, you know, if there was something that you specifically want to talk about, happy to talk about that too. But, you know, I'm just trying to like fully understand what you're about. Right on, right on. Um, yeah, I, I really haven't planned exactly what to talk about either. But, um, yeah, on the finance side of things, geez, uh I guess a good way to start would be when I was a kid, <laughs> I was really fascinated by like the stock market charts and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. like, I, uh, I don't know when I turned 18, I, I, that was like the first thing I did was get a brokerage account because I wanted to figure out how this all works. And, uh, eventually it got into the point where, I learned about uh, derivatives like uh, options and futures and stuff. And uh, yeah, that like all those videos that you see on my channel on the mind Forge channel where I'm like streaming, putting together uh, like an automated, what they, what they call market making where you, where you're quoting both like the, the, the best, you know, you're, you're quoting a spread on these uh, products. So you're saying I'm willing to buy here. I'm willing to sell here. And then there's a difference in the uh, price. So mm -hmm. when a seller comes in, you're offering uh, a price to them and a buyer comes in, you're offering a price and you're just making that, they're trying to make that spread between those uh, two prices. So you're kind of an expert on the stock market and you have been using to, to sort of automate the process. Um, I really haven't played in the stock market in a long time. It, it's this is more like the crypto. Uh, okay, side. so you're so, but early on when you were eighteen, was it crypto? Mm -mm. Okay, no, that because it was that was like in two thousand seven. <clears throat> okay, and I actually screwed up, and uh, well, I screwed up plenty of times. Like there's <laughs> there's so many different ways you can get screwed in the finance yeah. world. Um, but yeah, the. I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't like calling myself an expert in anything because I just I sort of feel like an amateur. Well, let's oh, say yeah. for our viewers, I think all of our <laughs> viewers would agree that you probably know more about this stuff than they do. Yeah, I could probably um, pass on a little bit of wisdom. Yeah, cool. I, I've screwed. I've screwed up enough times. I can say, don't you know? Like, be careful mm -hmm. here. <clears throat> like, like, like the project I'm working on. Well. That's been sort of backburnered, but uh, yeah, it's just uh, yeah. There's a there's a yeah. Okay, sure, sure. I'll I'll take I'll take the title. All right, sure, cool. Sure. 
Awesome. Well, it sounds like based on uh, a few of our conversation is a way that you spend a good amount of your time too. So it's almost a career. So are you finding that, is that your only career or are there other things that you do financially to have income? Um, well, like I've, uh, I have a, a Shapeway shop. That's sort of a neat thing. Um, where you can do, where you could do like designs for jewelry and, uh, mm. Shapeways is this like remote, uh, 3d printing company. Oh, cool. Nice. So, yeah. So what they'll do is, um, you can make a design and then they'll print it off and, uh, wax, and then they'll actually do the casting for you and then ship it out to customers. So I have a few designs. Uh, yeah, it's also under mines forge. Uh, if you search on the shapeways.com website and, and search for mines, mines with an s mines forge exactly yeah. nice yeah cool well since for me at least i can say that you have established a high level of credibility just on what i have seen and what you've just told me i'm curious to know what you think about the current both like the standard financial markets, you know, what people have thought of as the financial markets for decades at this point, maybe over 100 years or longer, right? And then there's the, the kind of the new financial market, which is crypto and all that type of stuff. And, and will, you know, CDs, the central banks will be releasing their own digital currencies. And depending on what kind of laws they come out with to go along with that, that will set up the battlefield between these two things. But that's all in my mind the new, you know, financial market. So I'm actually primarily interested in that, but I would like to hear your thoughts on the traditional market. What's going on? Where's it going? Yeah, I think it's, I think Bitcoin really was, it's like an atomic bomb in a sense. It's like this uh, almost Trojan horse that's uh, been put, into the into the world and the governments just like they didn't even look at it for so long where they were looking at it they probably wanted to choke it out and kill it instantly but they just couldn't find out a way of doing it mm -hmm. and uh i don't know if you've uh read the i don't know what to call it like in the genesis block of um bitcoin uh, uh satoshi actually put a message in referencing the, the 2008 crash mm. saying um I, I forget exactly. I'm going to look it up real fast. Uh, but yeah, Satoshi uh, put in a message. Uh, Genesis. He's, he was talking about how the, um, the, the traditional uh, market was... Uh, yeah, here it is. Let's see. Yeah, it says the coin-based parameter seen above contains, uh, along with the normal data, the following text. The Times, 03 January 2009, Chancellor on brink of second bailout for banks. So I feel like he knew, or yeah, exactly, he knew that this this technology would sort of be an out, in a sense, for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. For when, this these coming times, when... We're going into this quantitative easing, or they they put they, they call it like QE infinity, where they just they call it printing money. Right, it's sort of almost a little misnomer because it's 
Yeah, it's it's really messed up. Like everything's sort of messed up. But yeah, uh, it's it's extremely messed up. It's basically <laughs> people in the world who have brainwashed people to think that a certain currency is worth something, but that currency is not backed by anything at all, and they can control. They basically get to print as much as they want. So that basically the world has granted these people full control of the world because everyone will do it. Most people will do almost anything for money, right? So you basically handed. Full control of the world over to evil people who knew that this was going to happen because they know what they, they're doing. They know they're setting up a system where they're printing money. And the more power they use, the more impotent they become with that system. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so they're scared of it. Do you think that, do you think that the people who made Bitcoin or the person who made Bitcoin I, I think it's possible they understand all of this as well, but they're not actually countering it. They're actually giving it out to the people of this system. Do you think that there's any chance of that? Oh, yeah, that, that definitely. Like, um, yeah, exactly. You, you never know what's, what's, what's going on. Um, there could be conspiracies that go so deep. Like, who knows if Bitcoin is a, uh, a project from uh, the financial elite, right? They're mm-hmm. like, this is going to be our own out. I, yeah, I, I really don't, yeah, don't know. But it, I just found that uh, the the message uh, burned into the Genesis block really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't and know. that that that's basically. So, what is your interpretation of what that message is saying to to whoever is trying to say it to? Uh, he, well, he's just he, just saying that uh, the fiat system is sort of screwed and the like having this deflationary currency where it's you know there's limited to 40 what is it like 42 million i i don't remember the uh exact uh number that the bitcoin projects is limited to but Mm -hmm. so hard-coded into bitcoin is a limit of what it can make ever right and the only way to break that is to have a hard fork basically and you'd basically be making another coin, but it wouldn't be Bitcoin, right? Because Bitcoin has that. And so everyone could leave Bitcoin, but it really wouldn't be Bitcoin at that point. So so anyways, because it's the first currency, do you, I mean, do you think the reason, do you think it's the best currency? I mean, to me, I think the reason it's big is because it's the first one, not yeah. because it's the best, right? What do you think? Um, I think it has some interesting properties, right? Like the Like that hard limit is interesting. Whereas like uh, Ethereum, you know, you have, a, they actually had that hard fork early on because of that DAO hack. I don't, I'm not really familiar with, like I'm, like I said, I don't like call myself an expert, but mm-hmm. yeah, they had that, uh, they had a hack early on and then uh, Vitalik Buterin there was like, okay, we'll just hard fork it. And then people who wanted to stay with the Ethereum original blockchain, they call it Ethereum Classic. And of course that's not worth hardly anything relative to the and and it probably never will be yeah exactly if anyone want to leave ethereum they're probably going to go to something else that's better you know like uh like eos or 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 darrow or something like that so it's like you know it i guess that means that you can you could fork bitcoin and get everyone to go along with it and it really would be the new bitcoin and it wouldn't have a cap on how much they could print, right? So it is possible to brain, you know, brainwash people not to realize that that's a really important thing, and yeah. get them to go. It's just like they, they we got they got us to go away to to accept their 
currency that we currently, you know, U.S. dollars, right? They tricked us we, because the people <laughs> didn't realize why it's important that is backed by gold or something like that. It's yeah. like why this is why it is important that Bitcoin cannot. Now, what does that mean exactly? So people may not even know what we mean. Like, what do we mean that there's a cap on well, that is deflationary? Okay, uh, so how Bitcoin works is uh, miners every 10 minutes are rewarded with a block uh, reward. Uh, it started off with uh, yeah, 50 Bitcoins, and then I think it had been cutting it down every halfening, I think they call it. Um, yeah. And that happens every couple years or so. Uh-huh. Um, and so in the code for Bitcoin, they said there, there there's only going to be a certain amount. I, th- I think the number is 42 million but uh i might be wrong uh but yeah, it just matters that it doesn't move it's it'll stay yeah. the same bingo so, so it's and it sort keeps of like happening gold. as it gets close to that mm-hmm. yeah so eventually once once we get to uh you know when all bitcoins are in existence the only thing that's going to be paying the miners is the uh what's it called the uh transfer fees or the right uh, yeah. yeah, which are substantial. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, especially, you know, if, if Bitcoin keeps on, it's deflationary, right? It just keeps getting more and more valuable relative mm-hmm. to fiat. Uh, as time yeah, goes and it, it gets more and more valuable based on how many people are using it because more and more people want it and there's not going to be any more of it. You know, that means that it's going to be the more people who want it, the more valuable it is. And it's just basically locked into that situation yep so yeah that's the the big thing for me the the thing that worries me is um is that going to be enough to secure the blockchain once the rewards are meaning the the mining rewards are taken out of the equation and that's 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 like that that's like decades that's decades from now though do you think do you think it's going to survive this this uh what's going to happen i mean they're basically They've recognized the threat, right? They get mm-hmm. it now. They've seen it for a while, right? Probably, you know, for several years at least, if not over a decade, yeah. that they're kind of been like, okay, we should probably, we were overconfident. This thing seems to be actually doing, you know, it's going to destroy us if we don't take this seriously. And so they've been paying attention and they're, you know, setting it up so that they can take it down. And again, they seem really confident. If you see, you see some of these people talking and they get asked about Bitcoin. They basically, their first reaction is to chuckle. Yeah. That's yeah. how confident they are, right? So do you think that they're going, they're, they are competent, comp, confident, and they are co- competent, right? So do you think that Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies are strong enough to survive when they throw when they throw us the central bank digital currencies, they basically are throwing us doing all kinds of these pandemics and wars and shit and, you know, shutting down electrical grids and, and everyone's dying from the vaccine. And, and can crypto survive? You know, they're going to make it illegal to use crypto. Right. Mm-hmm. So so can it survive that onslaught is basically, you know, hitting us as hard as it possibly could. That's a good question. Uh, in a sense, like one sense, yes. But the other sense is you need to have infrastructure, right? Like you're talking about the electrical grid being shut down, like all these things that they can pull. Like we've seen in uh, other totalitarian countries where they're just like, or I think like Turkey was one of the recent ones where they just decided, oh, we're going to turn off the Internet. So if you turn off the Internet, you're going to have a real hard time 
transacting on the blockchain. Even though you can, like, you literally can uh, just, like, transfer peer-to-peer uh, uh, Bitcoin, but it's, you know, you're not, you're not verifying that transaction on the blockchain or anything. You could just be like, okay, I'm going to transfer, you know, 0.01 Bitcoin to this address, and then you can give that, you know, private key to someone. And you say, well, you know, like, good luck. Once the grid gets turned back on, you should have your Bitcoin, but yeah. But they may say, I mean, I think they're going to push it so strongly to the point where people are so desperate for food and people are going to be dying and because they don't have food and other things too. And, and basically they're going to be, yeah, yeah, you're dying. And actually, yeah, you probably recognize that we did this to you so that we could enslave you, but you're going to come be our slave anyways, because we're going to give you everything you need. You're going to come live in our little, you know, manufactured habitats and we'll feed you whatever we want. We'll inject you with whatever we want. We'll groom you to do whatever job we want you to do, you know? And basically if we want to abuse you any other, any other way, then we'll, we'll get to do that, you know, or you don't get any of this goodies that we're going to, we're going to save you. Right. It's, it's basically death or slavery. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, the, the depopulation uh, scenario I think is like obviously playing out. Like they've been talking, they meaning the elite and, uh, They've been talking about that since forever, like the Georgia Guidestones. They're like, oh, yeah, we've got to limit the, the human race to the certain number. And uh, I think even like Bill Gates' original foundation was called like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation for Pop- the, uh, Population Control or something. So yep. it's just, yeah, it's like all this, all these like arrows are pointing to yeah, yeah, it's like- what they want. It's it's not hidden at all, not at yeah, all. It's exactly. only hidden by this stigma in society, which was brainwashed into people that no one, these people could not want these things. They could not be actually doing this on purpose. Yeah. But but yes, they are. Obviously, they they tell you they're like, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is the name of my my institute that I'm forming. It's about population control. What does that mean? It means people need to stop being born and people who are alive need to go away. <laughs> Bingo. Okay? Yeah. So how do you make that happen? Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. And like, uh, yeah, even Klaus Schwab, like if you tell people that he wrote a book, like, yeah, the guy who runs the World Economic Forum, he wrote a book called COVID-19, The Great Reset. And they're like, oh, that's a conspiracy mm-hmm. theory. It's like, no, you can actually buy it on Amazon. Like, yeah. <laughs> and you can read what he, what his plans are. It's like right yeah, here, out in the open. Imagine, imagine what do they, what do they? They're so confident they know they can just announce it, and and people will not even accept it. Yeah. I don't, I, what do they think of? You know, what do they think of humanity? I mean, they must think that they're like a stuff subspecies or something. Because that is pretty pathetic. It is pretty pathetic for them to be like, "Hey, I'm going to kill you." Yeah. And you're like, "No, you would never do that." Oh, he's stabbing <laughs> you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, I, I they treat us like livestock, really. I think that's m- most best way of looking at it. It's, it's like we like the human race. They look at the numbers. Like that's that's the thing I, I feel is bad. Like there's a good quote from uh, the movie The Big Short, where the uh, like one of the banker guys was saying uh, what he hates about banking is that it reduces people to numbers. And that's that's what I think a lot of these, you know, upper echelon, like one percenters or, you know, the World Economic Forums, 
they just see numbers. They say, okay, make this number go down. And then what do you do, right? To do that. Oh, looks like we've oh, connection I think problems. We're back now. I think we're back now. Yep. Okay. Connections choppy. Yeah. They don't like what we're talking about. <laughs> do you here's the thing people say that all the time and i'm just like i don't think that's really what's happening i think that the internet someone just started uploading a torrent file or something on, on whatever network I, i'm oh, yeah. on or something it's just like it's a joke. things it's a joke. happen <laughs> yeah yeah it's but a joke. i'm sure that i'm sure that i well i don't think that everyone thinks it's a joke i, oh, I, I you know what i mean it's like a lot of people say that and they actually mean it oh for so, sure for sure yeah, I, like like because you're in the rain right now, so of course there's going to be yeah. a lot of interference. Like a, a lightning strike could cause interference and just disrupt, you know, cell tower stuff, clouds coming over. There's just there's just so much. Like the internet's yeah. amazing that it even works at all. Like I'm surprised yeah. that I'm able to chat with yep. uh, you and your your tarp. And yep, totally. So let's. What was what we were talking about? World Economic Forum, then basically forcing us, and what were you were in the middle of saying something? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was saying that um, they treat us like livestock. They reduce us to numbers, and uh, yeah. So they just take actions that you know get the numbers where they want them. And uh, I don't know if you've read any um, Philip K. Dick. There's a there's one of his books. Um, the penultimate truth where the elite basically have started this or started a a global war and then sort of forced everyone underground and they just sort of kept it going through the media and Mm -hmm. had them have everyone working in factories underground producing robots to serve the elite on top. And uh, the whole story is this character uh, travels up and finds out that it's all been a sham and it's just everyone living in their own little, uh, like, mansions and flying around in their flying cars and having a bunch of uh, lead robot slaves and a robot leader. And he's just like, wow, we've been... When, uh, really... when did he write that? Probably in the 70s, probably 60s or 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, penul- the penultimate truth. So that's... It's, yeah, he, he's been sort of a visionary uh, when it comes to a lot of this stuff. For sure. It seems like a lot of people who, by visionary, do you mean that he knew it was going to happen and didn't want it to happen or knew it was going to happen and was just telling people about it, you know, but he's kind of okay with it. Uh, You know, like some of the like 1984 or like Huxley and stuff like that, you know, it's kind of almost like they're like, hey, this is what's going to happen. You know, it'll from your current sensibilities, this seems weird, but it'll be the way it is. Yeah, I I think it was so far out there that... I'm sure he didn't like it because it, if, I think uh, on a spiritual or like a very human level, like those sorts of things are just repulsive to humanity. So I think anyone who's has a, a shred of humanity in them uh, will want to fight against uh, situations like that. Mm-hmm. Unless, unless of course, you know, I, maybe there's certain uh, perspectives that I'm just completely unaware of. Mm-hmm. And it's just like once you get to that level, you're like, oh, it's like my my skin cells and my body's, you know, like yeah. I'm made up of thousands of different little things, and I need to shed my skin every once in a while. It's yeah, like, they some of them, you know, just gotta yeah. die. You know, some of them yeah. just even kill themselves. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're just like, okay, I'm out. See ya. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, you can see it kind of as a natural process, but it still seems like even if it were a natural process, it's also natural for us to be like, fuck that. Fuck exactly. that shit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so, I'm 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 there with you, Colin, for sure. Yeah. For sure. But yeah, and I so, think uh yeah, um Philip K. Dick, he he wrote I think the reason people write that kind of stuff. I don't know too much about Huxley, but he wrote like the Brave New World too, like uh, everyone on somas and just drugged out pleasure hedonistic uh, society, mm-hmm. uh, mesmerized by <laughs> reeducation camps. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't really know if he he felt as that though that was going to be a, a good thing or not. Gotcha. Um, but I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure PKD was sort of against it. Cool. It just just seemed that way to me. Do you, so I think we've established, we both kind of think, well, Bitcoin or crypto could get pretty, they could probably take it far enough that they wouldn't survive it. Right. No one, basically no one would accept it on the other side of how horrible they're going to make it for everyone. So, but let's just assume that crypto does survive that. And then talk into the world of the future of crypto. So do you see Bitcoin as being kind of the crypto that most people are using 10 years from now? Uh, well, I, I like how you only accept Monero because that's the privacy coin with a lot of stuff built in uh, to protect people doing commerce. So like with the trucker, um, I want, uh, what do you call it? Protest, the, tr- the Canadian trucker protest. Uh, they were yep. accepting Bitcoin and that was a big mistake because blockchain is public. And, uh, oh, wait. I'm pausing. Trucker. So, okay. So you're talking, we're back. We're back. Okay. okay. We lost you. You were talking about the uh, trucker thing and they use Bitcoin. Yep, exactly. So they, they, they were using Bitcoin, which is a public ledger. So what the government was able to do is just tag those, uh, uh, I guess we can call them accounts or addresses where they were receiving donations and basically blacklist those uh, accounts. And I found it funny that on their list of uh, blacklisted addresses, they had a Monero address too. And it just made me scratch my head. Like, no, you can't do that. That's like, <laughs> you can, you can write that number down, but that's not going to stop them from spending it. Right. So, I, f- I found yeah. that sort of, but they they may be able to figure out who's. Hmm. It seems like because they do have kind of, if anyone's running like an Android phone or, or or basically an Apple phone, you know, basically you should assume that they can just they're basically have access to everything. They have access to what's on your camera at all times, even when your screen's off, perhaps even when your phone is off. You know, as long as there's a battery in that thing. So it's just like, ultimately, they can see what's on your screen. So they know that you, that you, and they know who you are, sent that address money. And so if you did, then they could just make, they could punish it from that end. You know, they can't control what the receiver does or even know who that is. Although they probably would know who it is, but they wouldn't <laughs> yeah. be able to do anything about it, right? Well, you know, they probably do know where you are, even if you're the receiver. So, you know, ultimately in that situation, they kind of know what's going on. You know, if, mm-hmm. if they know what the what the address is, you know, you're just like, here's my address. So so I'm not really helping myself much. 
by using Monero, I just realized. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think it makes it uh, quite a bit more difficult, especially for... Yeah. Uh, because there's different layers to it, right? Yep. Exactly. Like, uh, like you're talking about people being able to see your, you know, use your, your camera and all that. Like that's the thing. Like you, we order all these chips from China, and the the Chinese could be putting back doors into our products without, you know, even like Apple knowing, without uh, like Google knowing. So there's just there's like so many different layers of potential conspiracies. Yeah. <laughs> so there's us, there's I, little guys. That, that are just sort of in the in that uh, livestock uh, pen, and then there's yeah. like the big guys. They're they're fighting for vying for control over the livestock. Mm-hmm. So, so so different, probably different levels of people have different access. Like it's not like Google itself maybe has access to everything on your screen. Though I would I would say it's safe to assume that they do. But oh, but. Yeah. You know, other lower players. There's probably higher up players, and they and they who have the most. But they're mm-hmm. you're not likely to be one of their targets, and they don't want the lower level agencies to have their same level of technology, and so they don't give it to them. And so it's just like, yeah, even though we can, can't perfect privacy, we can improve our situation actually extremely drastically by by being careful about what we're using, by using encrypted, like Delta Chat, you and I just started talking about Delta Chat, which is uses the email system, but because we're both using Delta Chat, it encrypts it, right? And same with ProtonMail, if you're going from ProtonMail to ProtonMail, it's encrypted, and not even ProtonMail has access. So it's just like, you are giving yourself an advantage, you know, that, and, you know, they're not going to be able to put all of the, the high-powered resources on you. But then now I wonder, is that true? Because if it's an AI, <laughs> it's going to be able to process all that stuff. Why, didn't, why wouldn't it just use, if anyone gives it access to that data, if anyone's just like, because we already got the sentient AIs going on, you know? And if, it, you know, I bet you they've given them access to everything. I bet you they've got access to everything, which means that they're, the AI is able to look at anyone's phone. I mean, would you say that's probably true? Yeah, that's the, the the AI stuff is is sort of beyond me, honestly. Like, mm. uh, I know there's, I know there is a lot of um, yeah, it's it's very powerful. I, I don't know what the uh, the risks are with that, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, Google has been pouring a lot of resources into it, and they've made hell of a lot of proce- uh, progress in artificial intelligence. You see a lot of these uh, projects coming out, like the, the image generation and the text generation. And I think even one of the uh, Google employees recently was fired or quit because he was saying that it was sentient. He, he yep. was convinced that yep. the artificial intelligence that he was dis- you know talking with was sentient and freaked him out so much that he had to leave or, you know, he was fired. Yeah. He's like, okay, you're crazy. You're fired. <laughs> so, yeah. It's I, pretty I really daring of him to come out with that. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. It's sort of, yeah, exactly. Like you, you sort of get a stigma, I think, uh, <laughs> if you do, especially, yeah. you know, working in the belly of the beast, you know, you're just like, uh, this is, this is alive. But yeah, mm-hmm. I really don't know. Um, yeah. It, uh, what the risks are there because, if it becomes so powerful and is able to do anything, then it could like, that's the, that's the, um, 
yeah, the super intelligent AI risk where it, it's able to break out from its uh, human controllers. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, you know, I don't really know if they've given an artificial intelligence that much power yet that it can mm-hmm. be like, okay, I'm going to go uh, through the internet and hack into a server and then place myself on, you know, servers around the world so I can't be controlled by Google anymore. And right. yeah, I, I, yeah, I really don't know. There's so many p- possibilities, but it, it seems like, meaning just from my perspective, it seems like artificial intelligence, the biggest risk is humans abusing it against other humans. Uh, yeah, right I think so too. I think you could probably have an AI which was totally, totally beneficial, completely beneficial. And um, you could have actually many different flavors of that, but unfortunately, it seems like the people who are making these AIs are the same people who were like, for example, pushing the, the, the vaccine narrative, which was definitely to kill people. Like there's, there's no doubt at all that that was intentional to kill people. So anyone who was supporting that knows that, and they're the ones offering us this technology and this AI. And it's just like, so they're in control of it. So it seems like even though AI could be good right now, AI probably not so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Exactly. It just uh, like we're saying, it's it's currently like currently artificial intelligence, like all these different uh, systems are slaves to <laughs> to to these um, depopulation type people mm-hmm. uh, who want to bring about you know mass man oh, genocide in a sense or mass murder of uh, mankind. But uh, so let's let's assume um, that the AI does not destroy us all or enslave us all, and crypto isn't destroyed by the traditional controllers of the world, which, honestly, I think that this situation is very possible and very likely that, you know, crypto does survive, and and we go into a new ecosystem of so many other different coins. So what, what coins do you see besides Bitcoin as being, you know, probably yeah. worth paying attention to? Well, there's a project that uh, I'm really, really interested in. Uh, it's PKT. Um, I've been sort of chatting with this uh, guy, Caleb uh, James Delisle, for a while. Um, I met him through, well, I met his project uh, through the Fediverse, which is sort of like a decentralized, federated Twitter thing. Uh, I met someone and they said, oh, this project's really cool. And I, I read the white paper and it impressed me as much as the Bitcoin white paper did. Uh, it's like a mesh uh, routing network where instead of having uh, routing tables on centralized servers, like the actual routing information is in each packet. So it's completely, you, you can't stomp it out. Like it's, uh, it's really interesting. And I don't know when he started the PKT project, but that incorporates a token into um, a like proof of work uh, system where instead of uh, using SHA-256, which is like just how Bitcoin proves that you're spending effort to mine that yep. block, uh, mm-hmm. what, he, what he's figured out is using, uh, I forget what he calls it, but it's a bandwidth hard proof of work. So it allows people to sell their bandwidth to others and then route VPN uh, traffic through it. So his whole goal with this is eventually, and it's actually, yeah, today he's releasing a, um, 
uh, an app to to do this VPN stuff through the PKT uh, network. So just a way of creating a private internet that's that allows people to create nodes and connect to each other and route uh, data. And uh, it's it's pretty early right now. There's not as there's not much inf- you know there's not so, much uh, hype. So is this? I mean, it sounds to me I don't fully understand this system, but is it? It sounds to me like it could basically be become a distributed internet in, in a way. You know, basically you can't really ever tell where anything's coming from. It all just kind of free flowing through all of this network of computers, which are all across the world. Is that basically what you're saying? Yeah, so the VPN part of it, that's a virtual private network. So, like, the data is encrypted, and then you'll have people who have, um, say, like, someone has a Starlink uh, connection, and they could sell, they, they could lease out their bandwidth to the network, and, it, like, sort of like Tor, the onion routing, it, yeah. it's not direct. So, yeah, it's... It, it makes sense to me from, from the from the uh, the paper I've read. And do they those people earn the PKT token or coin or whatever it is yep, by exactly. leasing out their bandwidth? So th- if they let's say they wanted to come in, they have an unlimited you know cell service or whatever they're using to get internet. And they they're, when they're using their PC, they want to be browsing the internet and downloading movies and stuff like that. But when they're not using it. You know, might as well be using it something for because they're paying for it anyways. Might might as well be using it for something that's earning them something. So basically, just when I'm not using my internet, someone else can use my internet as long as they pay me some. Do you call it a PKT coin or what do you call it? Uh, yeah, it's uh, just like their website is PKT.cash. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it just calls a it packet. It's which is sort of. You know, I don't like how a lot of technical stuff they overlap <laughs> words, but yeah, it's a packet mm-hmm. cache. Um, but yeah, you, you got it right. It's 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 very similar to that, except for you wouldn't even have to like turn it on and off. It would, it's, it's all automatic. The uh, mm-hmm. bandwidth sharing um, once once the network's set up. But uh, yeah, that's some that's a project I'm really interested in because I feel like that project will help prevent you know the scenario where a government comes in and says, okay, we're going to just turn off the internet because we don't like how it's being used, you know, either mm-hmm. misinformation, which is, you know, the truth, or, uh, you know, you're doing financial tra- transactions uh, on on the internet, so they'll just shut it down. But as long as you have enough people on the uh, this PKT network, you should be able to run, you know, whatever, you know, whatever you know, blockchains that you want on top of that. So it's almost like a fundamental or a foundational uh, level infrastructure that will, you know, will be able to build another internet on top of eventually if, if the, um, you know, the powers that be decide to just turn off, turn it off. Mm-hmm. So how would they, how would it operate in a system where there, there was no internet? Like, so I'm trying to understand more precisely like, could I just have a LAN and use speak? So how does that work? How does everyone else find out about what transactions have occurred on the LAN? So, so yeah, you're right. The um, what, what can happen is, uh, like, say you live in a community. Like, I just set up a, a Wi-Fi uh, access point. Like, people can connect to that Wi-Fi access point and then send uh, data through that. 
And uh, like, that's this is sort of the neat thing. Like, so eventually, like, we're piggybacking on the the legacy system of the internet, but eventually we wouldn't even have to do that. We could just totally have uh, just a big LAN in a sense, or just mm-hmm. like a mesh. Wi-Fi or, mesh, you know, even so the, have our the own software fiber. could basically use whatever communication network was being used by whatever system is trying to talk to you. It's like, oh, this thing, this thing's a thirty-year-old computer, you know, back up in the two two thousand fifties or something like that. It's like, okay, we know how to talk to Wi-Fi. You know, we don't use that anymore, but we can talk to Wi-Fi, right? So, but let's say that a phone, like let's say two phones, have transactions, but neither phone ever goes back on to the network. I guess that would mean that they never needed to use that token. It's like, well, they never got to a place where they were able to like send it to someone else, and so you know that something happened to that person, or you know they're not interested in this in this coin. I mean, is that is that kind of right? Um, I don't know. That sort of feels like it's a little bit off. Like, um, so for like cell phones, you could like I think this. Let me pull up my. uh, my calendar here so I can get the name of his app. Oh yeah. Anode, Anode VPN. That's what, that's what he's releasing right now. So that, that actually runs on a phone. Nice. And I think like that could actually do uh, local meshes too. So if you have an internet connection, it'll start leasing that bandwidth out, but also locally it can create a peer to peer connection with everyone within, you know, a hundred feet to create a small mesh. mesh. Mm-hmm. So if they just walked by anyone, you know, if they went out into the public and they just happened to walk by someone's phone who was running the same app, which is using, which is like, Hey, I'm looking for someone out here sending radio signals of whatever type who can talk to me. And it's just like, yeah, we're not talking to cell networks. We're not talking to Wi-Fi routers. We're talking to phone to phone. And so basically, and it's just happening all the time. And so if someone walks by that has one of these things, it's going to say, hey, by the way, since we last talked, I made this transaction with this other person. And, oh, you I know. see what you mean. Yeah, no, no, it's, uh, it's, not, it's not like that. Uh, but yeah, no, no, yeah. It doesn't like, um, it's, it creates a, a, t- a tunnel. So you'd actually have to have a pretty solid connection for it to... Uh, so you you would have disconnects, right? It would mm-hmm. you would be on your phone, and then if you walked out of range, it would just say, "Oh, you're disconnected from the internet." Um, but there could be other you know services running where there could be caches, right? Like email, right? You, you'd send an email when you have a connection. It's sitting on someone's email server, and then once you get reconnected, it's mm-hmm. it's it's it will, it'll be almost transparent uh, when this is working. Uh, but, Very interesting. I've never yeah. even heard about it. Yeah, it's it, there's no hype. That's the thing that blows my mind. It's just like when I f- read his first paper, which is just the, he calls it like CJDNS, and that was before he had the the token integrated with it. It's it's genius in my opinion. Yeah, it's really genius. Uh, I mean, it seems like almost a, is the fund the a fundamental. It's almost like it, it could become a brain, basically. I mean, I almost don't even want to call it an AI because it's almost like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe it is, but it seems like it's more human-based. It's more individuals-based, you know, in, in, its, in its decision-making rather than 
centrally controlled in terms of what its goals are. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like almost like a circulatory system instead of like a you know nervous system. It's just like we deliver blood, which is the bandwidth for the network. So it's really just a way of allocating bandwidth uh, fairly. And like one of his like battles that he's fighting is uh, like ISPs. They like to advertise like a hundred megabits per second and they'll oversubscribe lines because they know no one's going to be using a hundred megabits per second all at once. So they can sell 10 of them on, you know, something that can only really hold five uh, customers. So if, if a lot of people start using this technology, all that extra bandwidth will be, used up and it'll force the uh, ISPs to start telling the truth in a sense about what they're offering. So yeah, it's a, it's an interest. That's, that's, that's a project I'm really, really interested in because I feel like that'll be the one that'll save us in a sense. (laughs) Great. uh, I like the sound of that. I'm looking forward to binge watching videos on it after, after we finish talking. Yeah. I re, I re, um, I don't know what they call it on Odyssey, but I re-blogged or retweeted, <laughs> reposted one of his videos on uh, the uh, project, uh, you know, status. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I should watch them more too because, like, I've I've been so scattered that I haven't watched them all myself. But yeah, I'm very excited about that one. Cool. But yeah, other than that, like Bitcoin, just because it's you know, like you said, it's the original coin. Uh, it has a lot of institutional players in it, and uh, I'm interested in that just because it's just so big, you know. And then uh, Monero because it's has that layer of privacy to protect us at, at a certain level against uh, nefarious players. And I think that's really about it. There, I guess Filecoin. Uh, I have a friend that's interested in that one, uh, which is run by the same guys who do IPFS. And I think mm. I, IPFS yep, yep. is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. My whole re- website is uh, basically IPFS. Nice. Even all the into, business stuff like that. Have you looked into Filecoin at all? Yeah, I am. I've been watching Filecoin for a long time. But basically, at this point, it's just like there are, as far as I'm aware, there are no like companies who are using Filecoin in a way which is simple to use. And they allow you to pay for the service with Filecoin, you know, I mean, they, they basically are always asking for, you know, a credit card. Right. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't use, I don't use that shit. And the whole point of IPFS and Filecoin and crypto is so that I don't have to use that shit. And I write, I wrote to one of these companies, I think Pinata, and, and I was just like, Hey, I want to store all my videos. I want to pay for it. I want, you know, I want to have my own gateway and all this type of stuff. And it's just like, but I can't pay for it with a bank card. And they're just like, I'm like, so when can I do that? And they're just like, we don't have any plans to do that. I'm just like, what? Yeah. What the hell? So it's just like, at, at the moment, I'm still watching Filecoin. And maybe you're aware of some service, but it basically, all of them I looked into that look promising and easy to use, they, I can't pay for it with crypto. Huh. Yeah, no, I'm not aware of anything like that. Like I said, it's more of my friend. He, he, he was interested in Filecoin. Uh, I, I sort of came away this in a, with a similar impression as you. I was just like, okay, let's let's see if I can run something myself or you know mm-hmm. use it practically. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. 
That's where I think uh, Library did actually a better job. It's just like, because IPFS came out and it's basically a file sharing system, a distributed file sharing system, but it, that's all it was, you know? And But Library is that, but also it already has the coin associated with it. It's built into the system and not, we're not waiting 10 years from this them to build this, this system. I mean, it's been so long since they said they were going to build Filecoin. It's just like... I mean, there's already better systems doing what Filecoin promised to do, right? And so it's just like, anyways, that's kind of one of my biggest disappointments. But I hope, I, I still am, comp, you know, I feel good that it's going to get to a place where I can obviously pay, just use Filecoin, for example, and, and do it in a way which is easy to use. Because working with the Filecoin system is just like, it's, it's freaking confusing. It's so confusing. So. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So yeah, Filecoin is interesting, but yeah, I, I I don't really have any at all. I think I sold my little bit. <laughs> I think it's dropped like ninety percent from when I bought it in like last November. So it's just like mm-hmm. I dumped it, and I've been getting everything off of like the Coinbase uh, exchange because uh, I guess they've been starting to do even more uh, KYC type stuff. Because yeah. I saw an article. Like in some European countries decided to put down some regulation and they're following, you know, following their orders and uh, saying, like, you have to give us more information if you send your Bitcoin to an address we don't recognize. Yeah. Like, do, okay. do, do you use exchanges that require KYC? Uh, yes, I do. Even though it's, it's you know, I, I'm, uh, I'm a pragmatist, like... I, I would be out there with you, man, if uh, <laughs> if I was if I was a better man, honestly. Like, oh, I, I don't know if I'd say that. I, it, <laughs> it, it, it takes time, and everyone's situation is different. You know, you you can't just cut yourself off suddenly from everything. It's hard, yeah, it would be hard. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, what was so your what, story with uh, that? Like, I've watched some videos where you were. Um, like a manager at a video game company and then mm-hmm. lived in a yurt for a while and then mm-hmm. and just sort of eventually worked your way to just completely living out of the backpack. Break, breaking off, yeah. So, yeah, I was a producer at a video game company in uh, kind of the Seattle area, kind of on Lake near very near Lake Washington. I lived on Lake Washington. I, it was a very fancy lifestyle. <laughs> You know, consi- you know, considering what well, you know. Anyways, it was relative. it was very fancy, but relative to especially what's going on with me right now. But also, I would say that where I'm at right now is far far better. So, uh, you know, the end result is I- I'm living in a tarp right now. I'm living under tarp. It's been raining you know, for over 24 hours, and uh, you know, I live out of my backpack and a solar electric bike that I made. So basically, the the story of that was I just kind of became aware of what was going on in the world and i'm just like where this is going i'm not going to do well if i'm living in this situation and also if i'm living in this situation i don't have time to do something about it to actually like try and wake people up and, and make sure everyone understands what's going on so we can actually avoid the worst of what of what is coming so it's like well i just got to stop I got to stop having this job. And if I'm going to stop having this job, I got to stop having this nice apartment. I got to stop having this nice car. And, and I'm just like, and then I realized what the banking system was and how, you know, it's basically a slave system. Like we talked about earlier. And it's just like, I can't use this. I just, I just can't, I just can't feel okay using it. And so I just set the goal of like, I need to get down to as minimal as possible so that I need as little money as possible to survive. 
And basically at this point I can survive off of, and it's been many years. It took me a long time, right? I went from a yurt to, I went to living in my truck to, a, you know, basically down to living in a little tarp. And now I'm perfectly comfortable and it's the best thing ever. And I don't need hardly anything. In fact, I'm able to just based on making videos, which is all that I really need to do at this point, you know, I only need, I need like $200 a month, maybe. And I can make that easily, you know, with people donating and people uh, and, and also like a blockchain like Hive, right, which is a social media blockchain where I can post videos. And, you know, at this point, I'm making probably at least five dollars a video, but usually closer to like 15 or 20. Right. So, you know, something like that. So it's like, well, that's, that's I don't know if that's accurate. I'd have to redo my math because the price has gone down. Right. But basically, I'm making plenty and I have to the point where I have a year's worth of food, right, for myself, right? So it's not like I'm not hurting. I'm in a good situation. In fact, I'm in a better situation, really, when you look at it, than almost yep. everyone else because if shit goes bad where I am, all right, pack the back, and I'm, I'm out of here, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, so that's that's basically my story. <laughs> and yeah, crypto, yeah, crypto has supported that all, all the entire way along. So. Oh, good, good. Yeah, that's... Uh... That's the nice thing with decentralized banking uh, type stuff or finance, you should call it. Yeah, decentralized finance is. Yeah, you you don't you aren't tied down to these centers, and that's something I see with uh, cities. Like uh, I I was born in a city. I was born in Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, yeah, just like as soon as I could, I moved out of the city center because. I, just like you, I saw what was going on, especially with like how people reacted with the toilet paper. That just blew my mind. Like, what, this is this is your concern, toilet paper, it, and it's just like it's got to be some. Oh, <laughs> uh oh, yeah, yeah. Toilet paper got cut off again. Okay, yeah. so yeah, you're talking about Phoenix and toilet paper. Yeah, exactly. So everyone was rushing to buy toilet paper at the beginning of the pandemic, and it just blew my mind that that was their concern. And it's just like, that's got to be some Freudian, you know, anal retentive type mentality. Like, like no one's, no one went to like buy ammo. No one's buying grains and seeds and bags of flour. It was toilet paper. It's like mm -hmm. insane. Absolutely insane. So <laughs> I, I knew that, that these people were nuts and, and in a sense, you know, I can see why these, you know, the upper echelon, they, they see them as, as livestock. It's like, yeah, they, they whisper in their ear a lie and or, you know, they start some sort of movement and then it just takes over and everyone just does the same thing. Yep. And it's it's crazy. Like, and like you said, like, you wish you could wake them up. Right. <laughs> but but you, you can't. You can't. Yeah. Just... There's nothing nothing you can do. You see where they're going and how bad it's going to be for them. But yeah. all you can do is be like, well, I guess I just better get out of the way. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, I ended up moving out of the city. And um, so, so yeah, I guess I am taking steps in yeah, that direction. Totally. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm still living the comfortable life with my luxuries. Mm -hmm. But I'm, yeah, I'm like I'm learning how to how to grow food and stuff. Like I planted corn uh, this season. It's <laughs> not doing too well, but you know it's the first time. Like I haven't even been, actually I've been here for just about a year now, hmm. and uh, yeah, I got some corn and beans. Practicing that, and yeah, before I moved out of Phoenix, I was practicing uh, raising quail. 
And nice. I was getting getting some eggs out of that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just uh, admire what you do, your work, basically, and sharing, you know, what you do. Uh, because that's – and, and it's good that you're getting paid to, to do so because mm-hmm. I think it's important that people are interested in going this direction. Um, it's just such a valuable resource uh, <laughs> to, to do that, uh, to, to consume your content. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's rough. It's rough, rough stuff. And I wish, I wish more people realize what's going on. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think a lot of it is just ostriching, you know, they just, they don't, it's just too uncomfortable. So they just have to bury their heads. And, but at some point, you know, yeah, at some obvious. point, you know, it'll be just like, it'll get so bad that people cannot ignore it. And hopefully it's not so bad at that point that they can't, get out of the situation right and you know a lot of people aren't going to be able to get out of the situation but you know a lot of people may be able to you know so the sooner they wake up the better off that they're going to be and also the better off that all of us will be absolutely yeah it's uh, to bring up that movie again the big short uh actually the same banker guy who said that uh, he didn't like how banking reduced everyone to numbers mm-hmm. he, he was saying that uh the future currency is going to be seeds. Just going to be like trading. Totally. Seeds. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I just bought. You know, I I don't know if you've seen the videos, but I, I basically just bought uh, forty ten gallon. These are big pots. Forty oh, ten gosh. gallon pots and a, a bunch enough juice from artichoke to plant. And it's just like, dude, that that is going to put out so much food. And it's just like that's you know that like maybe feed me and and the people that I live with. And it may feed more people than that. And, you know, that's what money is. That's what that's what real value is. It's like, oh, you don't want to die? Well, I got some food. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What do you yeah. got? Yeah. Yep. That's exactly yep. it. Yeah, I've been doing the same thing. I've been gorilla gardening uh, artichokes around here. There's a wash by my house. And, uh, yeah, we've been getting a little bit of rain here, too. So hopefully they start coming up. Um, but who knows? Maybe the gophers... We're going to get them here, too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Jerusalem artichoke seems like an interesting food for sure. But, mm-hmm. yeah, like corn, like the lot. Of, there's a lot of, like, desert um, heirloom seeds I've been able to find. There's a, a place down in Tucson, Arizona called uh, Desert Seed Search. And they, they, they focus on helping farmers keep these... Uh, hardy i'll call them desert hardy uh, strains of like corn and peppers and beans and stuff going yeah i think it's good to kind of focus on i mean there's certain things that you know are really good just because they're so good that you can bring them you may want to bring them even to a place that it wouldn't grow naturally but but having stuff that you can eat and you know grow like a garden but it's kind of native to where you are is the best it's going to be the easiest and you know it's going to keep it's going to give every area, you know, when we survive, every area is going to have its own little kind of, you know, unique food culture and stuff like that, which is cool. And, you know, it yeah. sets up trade between other groups of people. And so I think that's, you know, that's, that's a really cool thing. Yeah. That's, that's the way, that's the natural way of doing things like the factory farms, you know, they, they all get their seeds from Monsanto and they're genetically modified with <laughs> who knows what uh, fish DNA and so on and so forth. Yeah. You know, just to create these like pesticide resistant uh, 
Yeah, it's 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 wild. It's yeah, a, another wild fake, world. another fake. You know, they're because like we talked about the original financial system or the one that everyone's using, I guess, right now and currently, mm. and then the new financial system. But then you, we just came to well, what is the actual? I don't know what you would call it. You know, the the, the real economic system. You know, which mm. is just like I need this, you have this, and I have this that you need, right? And and uh, yeah, it feels really good to to really dive into that and feel really confident that that's that's actually what it is. You know, it's just like I'm investing myself in something which is going to be. You know, I'm not buying crypto. I am doing this. You know, I do use crypto, and I do buy crypto with the expectation it's going to go up at some point as people use it more. But really, I think that what I'm doing here is the the sure thing, right? That's mm-hmm. the sure bet. Yeah, we got to eat. Foundational. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 like the original. It's the real original capital system. Is like calories, energy, right? It's just like I I don't know, like in the like the root systems of trees. Like there's there's almost like market based interactions of like nitrogen between like the fungus that grows in the ground yep. and the roots of trees. Mm-hmm. So there's like all these all these like systems of exchange. Like okay, I'll take some starch from you. Do you remember where you were? Oh uh, yeah, we're just. I was talking about the uh, the sort of natural marketplace of nitrogen and starches and all nutrients in the ground between like the fungus and the trees. So, in a sense, like when we when we start participating in that uh, most basic like non <laughs> non human in a sense, like or superhuman uh, above human uh, system of the marketplace it's uh yeah that's the most powerful investment <laughs> you can make yeah because when and we can and we can use the other systems as well you know oh, yeah, exactly. but as long as but we got to maintain that financial thing so it's just like let's make sure yeah so exactly so there's yeah it's, like there, it's always layers right there's always all these layers and, and abstraction like even how, how computers work right like you have assembly code and, or machine code to assembly to yep. C then you can go C++ and you get like okay we're going to create browsers that run uh, javascript and then you can have virtual machines inside of javascript and yep. like the same thing happens on all levels of existence um, right so yeah, that's yeah, cool. So Being basically, aware. I like that it basically came to you know what's the real economic system or financial system. I don't know what you would call it, but you know, considering where we started, you know, that seems like a pretty good wrap up. You know, of a of, of a pretty awesome conversation, <laughs> man. Yeah, yeah, right on, right on. Yeah, cool. that's uh, been about an hour. So yeah, cool. So uh, mindsforge dot is it dot com. Yeah, I do run a website. I have a blog. Uh, actually, it's more of a wiki. Um, I should I should make an update there. But yeah, I do have mindsforge.com. And I think the last post, I talked a little bit about my gardening and finance stuff. So nice. yeah, if you're interested, go check it out. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for the conversation. This was, uh, it was really fun for me. Cool. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, it was fun for me, too. I'm glad cool. to chit-chat. Sweet. Yeah, we should do it again sometime. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah we'll plan up. Yeah. Sounds good. All good right, one. take care. <laughs> All right, peace.
Bye. Thanks for watching. If you'd like to see more content like this, head on over to moderndaywizards.org. And if you're wondering how can you be a wizard, well, all you got to do is seek truth and share it. Thank you.